Welcome to Talk Commerce, where we explore how merchants, agencies, and developers experience commerce and the communities they work and live in. Don't forget to collect your free joke at the end of this intro. This week we interview Tian Lan Weber and talk about the open source letter that was posted on September 14th from the Mage Open Source Community Alliance. The letter is creating quite the buzz in our community and it has already been signed by more than 1,300 people as of September 17th. We talk about where Magenta Open Source is headed and what that means, especially to merchants. We go into one-step checkout and some real numbers that help merchants decrease cart abandonment. If you don't measure, you don't know. We also talk about why one-step checkout has adopted Shopware as its second platform. My wife said that last night I was shouting Gollum, Gandalf, and Bilbo Baggins. I must have been Tolkien in my sleep. The Talk Commerce podcast is sponsored by Swift Daughter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Daughter. Swift Daughter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftdotter.com. Cloud is the new normal for companies of any size. Buying, maintaining, upgrading, and disposing of machines is expensive and complicated. Amazon Web Services, managed by eWay Corp, offers an easy-to-use, flexible, cost-effective solution to all your infrastructure needs. eWay Corp can provide a secure, reliable, scalable, high-performance network that will make your office hum, not literally. eWay Corp has saved its customers an average of 31% on their IT costs while adding 62% to the bottom line efficiency. To top that, their customers have seen 43% fewer security incidents. Go to eWayCorp.com to learn how you can start saving money and headaches by moving to the cloud. That's E-W-A-Y-C-O-R-P dot com. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. All right, welcome today to Talk Commerce. This is our one-step checkout edition of Talk Commerce. And today I have Tianlan Weber. Tian, Hi. Why don't you Hi, go ahead... Hi, want to introduce yourself, tell us what you do, and tell us one of your passions in life. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm Tindan Weber. Um, I work at One Step Checkout, um, a major Magento extension provider. Uh, a bit of my myself, I've been working for over 20 years now, and uh, when I look back, one third of it was in retail offline. So as a management consultant, a brand manager in cosmetic brands, and two-thirds in uh, online and digital. So I worked at eBay, PayPal, and the last uh, five years at One Step Checkout. Um, I was born in France, and uh, I grew up there. And uh, I also lived and worked in many other countries. Uh, including the US in New York, in Taiwan, 12 years in Sydney, Australia, uh, one year in Zurich, Switzerland, and uh, four years in Oslo, Norway, so quite international. And for the last two years, I've been back to France, uh, and I'm now in south of France, between Cannes and Nice, uh, on the French Riviera, not far from the sea and mountains. So working remotely. Yes, it sounds terrible. I feel so bad for you having to live there. 
Um, I, I do appreciate, I think, uh, I, I don't know when the last time we saw each other, maybe it was in uh, Meet Magento Germany in 2019, but you always showed up with Norwegian candy bars. Um, yeah. That was so fun and I appreciate it still. That was great. Thank you. Yeah, I still have some in my cupboards, Norwegian Kit Kats. Kit Kats, yes. Yeah, um, but made by the competitor. Yeah, you're going to have to um, send those out as gifts now to, so they don't sit in your cupboard or eat them. That's another idea. Yeah, yeah. I'll send them out in the post because I still have a batch from back then two years ago. So, yeah, who wants them? <laughs> Is there a French version of the Kit Kat bar? Uh, Kit Kat. Uh, so, yeah, got it. Um, great. Well, uh, again, thank you for being here. And today, uh, you know, I think we have a couple of topics we want to cover. The first being checking out of your Magento store, which is always important. But I think, you know, in relevance today, there was an open source letter that came out yesterday from the Magento community, the Magento Open Source Alliance, and, and talking about supporting the open source platform. So I'm not sure if you've had a chance to read it. Um, I think you. So have. I was uh, I was one of the co-signers. Yes. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm very happy. It's a perfect timing to talk about it. So uh, for the sake of uh, giving it a name, I'll call it Mosca. So Magento Open Source Community Alliance. Uh, some other people call it Maj uh, OS. Um, but yeah, I like Mosca. We can do memes and puns with uh, Moscow mules and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, so I guess where it all came from is that there's a general feeling about the uncertainty of the future for Magento 2. So future is always unpredictable, right? But this time we feel that it kind of out of our control and the future doesn't seem that bright. Um, so uh, I guess here what we see that is not very transparent. We don't really know what the roadmap is going to look like. It's not very clear. Uh, so as a community, I guess it started to be time to um, take action and say, you know, now we want to be in control. We want to make sure that Magento 2 uh, thrives for at least two or three years. Uh, and mainly because hundreds of thousands of businesses rely on Magento 2 open source platform. So it could be merchants, of course, but even then, you know, they can choose other platforms, but lots of, you know, agencies, freelancers, solution providers, extension providers like us, who are 100% relying, relying on Magento 2. So that's why it's very important for us. And that's why we want to ready everyone in our situation to uh, be aware uh, that something's coming and uh, start gathering uh, awareness and interest. Yeah, and I, I do, I, I, this, I think this is a great initiative and it's good that we all raise our hands and, and do make Adobe aware that there is a concern in this. And I think that Adobe isn't 100%, well, I, this is just my opinion, but I do feel like there's senior management making decisions about Magento now that don't reflect the community in whole. And I'm not sure if we can reflect, we can look back and see and see what happened with say um, experience manager or something like that. That was an open source project that moved into um, Adobe experience manager, but certainly Magento has, has a life of its own. And um, I, I do feel as though the management at Adobe is overlooking the fact that they are making it vastly more complex and therefore now alienating a large part of our base, which is merchants and community members and making it more difficult to, um, to develop on and therefore launch a store on Magento. Yep. What we see, what we feel is a massive focus, strategic focus on enterprise clients that uh, align with Adobe's traditional clients. And therefore, mid-market SMBs are a bit uh, left behind. And that's what this uh, uh, open source community is all about. 
and I think there's there's a um, a need then to also align with the Magento Association. How do you feel that is happening, and do you think there's going to be success in that? Yes, so uh, it's very clear to point out that this is not uh, like a, an alternative or contradictory to the Magento Association. The whole objective is that we work together uh, and align our vision and mission. Uh, I guess here uh, there are a couple of actions that uh, are quite clear that we could do, and I guess we could uh, do it a little bit faster than what we've seen coming out of the Magento Association. Um, so maybe, yeah, different ways of doing things, but the vision and mission, I think, are pretty aligned. So uh, how we do that could take a bit of time, but uh, I need to make it clear that, you know, we are all working together and same with XDN, the Extension Developers Network. So it's not, it's a separate entity, but again, the vision is that, you know, we are extend high quality extensions. Most of our business is done on Magento 2. So we need to make sure that the platform lives and uh, is constantly um, maintained and uh, that there is still innovation going on there. Yeah, I, I know at the very beginning, you kind of mentioned uh, you, you want to ensure Magento 2 stays around for at least three more years. Um, I think the reality is that Magento 1 is still widely used and has been around for more than 10 years. And I think that Magento 2, regardless of where it lands after the, after Adobe continues to butcher it, will be around for a long time. Um, do you think that this initiative is going to be something similar to the Mage One initiative and the Magento? I can't remember the other one. There's an open source version, or there's an open source fork of Magento happening as well in Magento One. Yes. So uh, Open Mage LTS. Um, so yeah, so uh, the beauty of this uh, initiative is that um, uh, there's been a lot of benchmark that has been happening. So talking to these people who did a fork on Magento 1, talking to other open source communities as well, and trying to get best practices, asking, you know, Open Mage, you know, what would have you done differently, and taking all that to form a solid organization. Uh, that can probably do more things uh, more quickly and uh, have a lot more contributors, have more impact. Um, one, one thing that I, I have noticed is that a lot of this change or a lot of this, um, a lot of these things are being driven from the European community. Do you, do you think um, that is just because you're in a time zone and you're talking, or is it that the Americans aren't interested? Um, so from experience, I can tell that the Dutch uh, Magento community has been one of the longest standing. Um, so one of the first one and one of the biggest ones. Uh, I think they have the highest number of Magento developers per capita. So yeah, some, so the people in that initiative, they come from mainly Germany and uh, the Netherlands where the community is very, very strong, very tight knit. Um, and I guess that also comes from the fact that uh, some of the leads in that initiative uh, are the founders of Huva. Uh, which is a theme that makes removes all a lot of pain points of Magento 2, uh, mainly the user experience, but also the developer's experience. So based on that, uh, it kind of came from that and their immediate uh, connections and uh, network, but very quickly, um, they reached out to uh, other countries and yeah, with Tamzone, you know, within 24 hours, they rallied uh, the list of uh, co-signing people on that letter and lots of uh, signing people. So yeah, on the, um, we could see when, uh, you know, with Timezone, when countries were waking up, uh, the boost in the signatures of that letter 
coming through. We're like, oh, it's time when the US wakes up. Let's see what happens. And we're like, oh, when is India waking up? So yeah, it's a bit like a Eurovision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking at the uh, the screen right now. It's up to 924 signers now, so that's good. Um, uh, so, what what do you think is the outcome of this? What what is so as a co-signer, what would what would be your expectation of this from from Adobe? What would what response would you like to see? So, number one call to action is to continue to sign to sign we know there are thousands of uh, people in the community active people in the community out there we still need to reach out to them and get the, them to sign the more people the more power we'll have in uh, with that letter and that statement um, and then second step for us is to get organized and uh and run through a couple of actions and um, you know debates have like a general assembly and agree it's very collaborative so even you know when uh, we talked about the fork there were uh, there was a lot of uh, um, you know uh, we challenged each other saying you know is it the right decision we need to make sure that it's uh, backward compatible you know it's too we don't want merchants to have to choose between the fork and you know the existing magenta too so i think uh, the more people the more debates we'll have and the stronger the solutions will come out of uh, everyone's uh, point of view and uh, uh, input Got it. Yeah, I think the, the, I, this is very exciting, and I think that the Hoofa theme has sort of sparked the interest of the magenta in the magenta community again, and now um, and now this is just going to continue some of that interest. And um, I, I think it's going to be difficult to decide when when do you fork, um, and is it now or is it until they start splitting out services? Um, I think one thing that at least um, it was made clear last year was that they weren't going to move to I microservices. They wanted to do isolated services, but regardless of however they decide to split, if they split up Magento and the core, however they do it, it is going to make it more complicated. Um, and, uh, and deciding on when is going to be a big debate. So that'll be interesting. Um, I did see that Yessa, Yessa, we we had a we had a green room conversation about how to pronounce his name. Uh, as I do on every episode, I have to go through a number of minutes on pronouncing everybody's name. But Yessa did a um, a uh, Martin Luther ninety five theses post this morning, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, and myself, being a Lutheran, um, can relate to that and. Uh, um, I do. Do you think this is the time where we're we're putting our our theses on the on the door on the door of the of the of the Adobe headquarters and and saying here's what we want? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm always uh, pushing for the most collaborative approach possible. So uh, you know. Uh, I like to take it slow and smooth and see, you know, how we can come to working together and, you know, where are the fine points, what, you know, how can we meet halfway and, you know, yeah, take it I, step by step. I think the biggest thing I always disagreed with is having to pay a little bit to get into Adobe heaven. That was it. That was a joke. Never mind. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, what, I guess then from from one step checkouts point of view, um, you're still are you still seeing strong growth in the Magento market itself as you move into sort of one step checkout land? Uh, so it's a very good question. In terms of installations, what we can see from data is that uh, the market's probably around 40,000 uh, live installations on Magento 2. If you compare that to Magento 1, where it was 250,000 at its heyday, it's much less. Um, I guess the merchants there are bigger than on Magento 1 but the sheer number of them is smaller. So for us, when we have a model where we sell a one-off license, 
for us, it's less volume, obviously. And um, so last year, we could see the trend and starting thinking strategically and doing a bit of market research. And for the first time in 10 years, we thought, you know, maybe it's time to launch a new product. So we looked at our options and we looked at uh, expanding to other e-commerce platforms. What we knew is that uh, our big strength is that we know what merchants want in terms of checkout, what works for them, what um, converts uh, clients into placing that order. And uh, we started hearing demand from other platforms and from our partner agencies, um, building stores on other platforms saying, we need a one-step checkout for our other merchants. So we listened, we did a bit of homework to see how big the market was, the growth, and then we decided to, you know, try it out. So what other platforms have you decided to do? So the quick win is to build a one-step checkout for Shopware. Okay, good. That's what I thought. Well, yes, that's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> um, so give us a little background on one-step checkout. Where, where did you start? Where, how did it, how, where did it, why, why did you do it? And, and tell us a little bit about it. Yep. So the company was founded uh, 10 years ago in the early days of Magento One. I wasn't there yet. Um, but what happened, the story that uh, the founders told me is that they were uh, building Magento One stores and then one client called up and said, oh, that checkout process, it's six pages long. It's broken, you have to fix it. And they said, no, it's, you know, it, that's uh, the native one. And they say, yeah, but it doesn't work for me. You have to fix it. So they started working on a solution that collapses all six pages into one above the fold. And, uh, and the client was happy. And they were like, oh, if that works for that client, it might work for all the other Magento One stores. And it did. So no matter you know what the AOV, no matter what country they sell in, uh, B2B, B2C, everyone needs to improve that checkout process uh, simply because the length of it makes it uh, very hard for customers or, or consumers to complete their orders. But uh, not that, they then, after that, we start looking at research, uh, usability research, that shows that there are other pain points um, that uh, drive cart abandonment. The, so moving into Magento 2, I think Magento decided to pare down the amount of pages that would be in the checkout. Do you have a, an idea of why they even, why, why they didn't choose just to go to one page checkout in in the first place is there a reasoning why somebody wouldn't want a one page checkout um from what i understand it's a different view of things different philosophies um it might work for some people it might not for others but we knew that there was a market for uh, making it one page and uh, even though you think, you know, from two pages to one page, the difference is not that huge uh, as opposed to six page to one on Magento One. Um, but what we could see is that research is strongly showing that one of the key factors for cart abandonment is that consumers don't see the order total upfront. So you place an item into your cart and then you press checkout and you see a first page with approximately the price, but then you don't see how much you're going to pay for shipping tax and so on. And only on the second page, you see all that. And then if you want to change you know, the shipping address, then you go back, you change it, and then you have to go back to the second page to see the new amount. And that's uh, driving a lot of friction. Uh, and what we allow is to, you know, at one glance, you change all your parameters, you change your payment methods, your shipping methods, and you see how much you're going to pay because some people, that's how they buy. They have a budget in mind and then, you know, they make it work 
you know, I can go and pick it up if it's uh, uh, saving me $5 instead of shipping at home, things like that. Uh, so that's quite important. And so, yeah, we allow that for merchants. And do you have any statistics? Uh, I'm sure you've done some testing on, on the checkout process and the not, not just card abandonment, but just the, yeah, I guess it would be more around how many people start and don't finish as a pair as compared to people that actually finish the whole checkout. Yeah. So um, global benchmark states uh, 70% cart abandonment. So that means out of 10 people who place an item into the cart, only three place an order and you lose seven of them. And that's massive because you, I see how much effort uh, merchants put into driving people to their website, personalizing and doing all those clever things to get the right product in front of the right person, to have you know vibrant images, high res, really um, add a beautiful description. But in the end, if that person adds all those items into the cart and then you know, doesn't check out, it's all lost. So a lot of investment wasted just because the checkout process is not uh, optimal. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, I mean, it's a great reminder to merchants on why the checkout is so important and that you shouldn't fool around a lot with the checkout um, and make it as optimum as possible. Um, what, what are some of the things that you've learned over the years that merchants ask for as they go into the checkout process? So the other big barrier uh, and what's blocking uh, consumers from checking out is what I call the registration wall. So how many, how many times have you wanted to buy something? And then you click on checkout and there's a big page saying, register now or login. And you're like, oh, too hard. And so what we're allowed to do is to go straight into checkout and allow um, customers to create an account in the flow. So because they already have to enter the email anyway, they can just tick a box and enter a password. And that makes it very easy and smooth uh, and remove that big um, you know, wall, disruptive wall that says, ah, oh, no, you can't check out unless you register and give us all your details and you know take all these steps. So yeah, that, that's a, a, big, um, a big pain point that we remove as well. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good one. And I can say from experience that there's many times I've been to a site and all of a sudden they say, well, put in your email address and, and put in your, create a password. And then, you know, if you use a password service, maybe it's not available or something like, or whatever the reason is. And then after a while you forget what you were doing and then suddenly you're ordering ice cream. Um, I, I think you're, you're exactly right. Getting, getting that quickly, getting it to the point of being able to purchase quickly is, is the most important step. Do you see con continued innovations coming on how you can further streamline the checkout process? So yeah, one, um, one piece of innovation is mainly, you know, how we integrate with the shipping and uh, payment. So on the shipping side, of course, with COVID, we see a lot of uh, click and collect um, solutions uh, that are, are rising and also, you know, lockers. So um, shipping providers, they now uh, offer to deliver in specific lockers in some places, just like Amazon. So we integrate with that and it's been working quite well. And in terms of payment, uh, I've been very interested into buy now, pay later. We see a lot of our merchants using those. And, um, and also when you look at those websites, they all claim you know, massive improvement on uh, checkout conversion. So I think uh, as a result, you know, if you combine uh, that plus a streamlined checkout, it all multiplies. Um, so I can see that trend from our own merchant perspective, but also in the news. So I don't know if you've seen, but uh, Klarna, for example, they uh, are valued at 45 billion dollars. Uh, they, I think six months ago, their valuation was like 30 billion, which is massive. 
another key player is called Afterpay in Australia, and they have been acquired by Square for $30 billion as well. Um, lots of uh, Australian um, solutions actually uh, are, uh, are on the stock market and they are acquiring um, many other players in other countries to be able to, um, you know, they, it's, uh, what do you call that, external growth, and they can then cater for, you know, 10, 20 countries very quickly by buying the key players in those countries. And even, I think, yesterday, PayPal acquired a big player in Japan as well. So it's all happening. It's like the big, uh, the high growth segment uh, in payments right now, and we can see it, uh, you know, from different angles. Yeah, and to be clear, the the way the checkout process in Magenta works, it doesn't matter if it's an afterpay or if it's a pay now or it's all it flows in, and and these these things are all incorporated in one step checkout, so you don't as a merchant you don't have to be concerned about which payment provider you offer. You could offer all of them, um, or offer one. So, you know, I think, again, coming back to the way the merchant sees things, is it better as a merchant to offer a number of payment methods or is it better just to offer one, one at a time, get them in and out? So if you look at the research, uh, some consumer who drop off of checkout, one of the reasons they state is that uh, the merchant didn't offer their preferred payment method. So I think it's important to know which one are preferred by your uh, consumers or customers. And that varies based on your region, your demographic and what you sell. Um, and so, yeah, usually in bigger markets, uh, credit card, PayPal uh, are preferred and you have to offer those. And then in Germany, for example, it would be so forth uh, in, in the Netherlands, it would be ideal. So each country is uh, different and you have to know those uh, specificities. Um, and I guess buy now, pay later, they are very strong with millennials. Uh, they skew higher in the, uh, the younger market, a lot in categories like fast fashion or, you know, uh, things that, uh, younger generations would buy. But now we can see other buy now pay later brands like OpenPay, for example, who say my uh, sweet spots are uh, older people who have more uh, disposable income and would buy a higher uh, average uh, order value. So furniture, healthcare, uh, automotive, uh, veterinary. So, you know, based on category and who is buying from you, you might prefer one or the other uh, solutions. Yeah, I think um, th there is mixed reviews on buy now, pay later. Um, I know that uh, I have to buy, I, bear, I buy running shoes about every three months. And uh, I can't imagine if I were to stack up, you know, a hundred and $20 or $150 times four. <laughs> um, and then, you know, it, it does sort of perpetuate a cycle of having to pay for something later. Anyways, that's, that's another debate. Um, and then, so how do you see shipping fit into that? Are you seeing more and more merchants just offer free shipping nowadays? Yeah, it's a kind of the expectation. I think uh, Amazon, Amazon Prime, they, you know, set uh, the trend a couple of years ago. So everyone's like, oh, why would I pay for shipping if I can get it for, you know, shipping for free? Um, and that's the number one reason for cart abandonment when shipping cost is too high. And mainly, usually, if it's not zero, it's too high, right? <laughs> Unless you have a very specific product and you can't find your running shoes from a retailer who sells it for with zero shipping or they add the shipping cost into the price, you know, there's always that, uh, that um, a trap. Yeah, and I guess I should be clear that I usually buy my running shoes from a small running store. I don't mm. buy them directly from the vendor, but I do research on the manufacturer. And I notice that they do always, uh, I think they use a firm, whatever they use, but I do buy my running shoes from the small local store. And the reason I do that is so that 
you get some expert advice from that, uh, that person that's helping you. And if you're a new runner, you, it's always good to get a gait analysis. Again, way off topic. So <laughs> back to shipping. Um, I think that what, so we, like what we've seen and we're big in say, we, we do a lot of business in Mexico. We've seen that the cost of shipping is quite high. So it is difficult for some smaller merchants to offer free shipping. Have you seen, or I, maybe, maybe spinning back on that, what is what has been your your growth or what have you seen for growth in different markets for your extension but in general have you seen certain markets growing faster than other markets um what we saw is a shift where uh, on magento one we had a like thousands of uh, um, dutch merchants and now with Magento 2, we have a bit more uh, US merchants. So I think, I guess, yeah, it's the nature of uh, uh, the nature of the, um, the platform and how big merchants are. Uh, but yeah, apart from that, we always have the same top four. So US, Netherlands, UK, Germany. And we haven't seen any, you know, other country um, really, uh, making a difference how about india have you seen india come up uh, on magento itself not among our customers and maybe because it's a um maybe it could be due to our price positioning so yeah i um, think from the magento well from the what used to be magento but now adobe commerce licensing they did have a lot of um, resistance in paying for uh, that license and the cost of that license as it as it compared to the local economy um back to I, I guess coming back to adobe do you think some of this divergence is around the fact that people might choose open source versus adobe commerce or do you think there's something bigger inside of adobe that's driving it to be more of an enterprise product um I guess there was still something around, you know, uh, um, Adobe Cloud. So Adobe Cloud is enterprise. So there's definitely that um, strategy to offer a whole integrated experience with all the other Adobe products. And so, um, yeah, open source doesn't really fit into that uh, bigger strategy. It's definitely not the same target audience, not the same uh, clients. So yeah, there's a bit of a mismatch there. Are you seeing? Um, are, are you? Do you see an equal amount of open source clients versus uh, Adobe Commerce Cloud clients, or just regular Adobe Commerce? Would you know the difference between the two? between the two versions if you had an install? You mean for when we sell licenses? Yes. Uh, yeah, 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 so we have a, we have different products for Adobe um, Commerce and open source. And I would say maybe, yeah, 5% would be uh, enterprise and 95% would be open source. Okay. And so I guess from the, from the open source side then, um, you, do you see longer term clients or, or are clients, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is there a, are you seeing a drop off rate on in any one of these? Like, I'm sure that at some point they come back for a renewal on the licensing. Is it, is, do you see that some clients are staying, staying around longer, they're on open source and they're happy with it? Um, and then maybe on the enterprise side, they decide, oh, there's another product that works better. Um, so it's interesting because our license is a one-off. So, you know, they buy it once and then we don't know if they continue or not, unless, you know, I go and check the site and see if it's uh, live or not. Uh, uh, having said that, we now have introduced a support and update plan where uh, it's a yearly fee where they can have updates and we release new versions maybe four to six times a year and uh, originally we didn't have a very high uh, adoption rate of that product but now we see that it's growing and maybe you know up to 50 percent of our 
our initial orders have uh, the, the customer, the merchant adds that support and update plan. And we still renew a lot of them. So that's uh, very encouraging. And I guess it's because of the yeah innovation that uh, we add. So we add new features. Uh, we add new compatibility as well. And now with Huva, you know, when we announced that uh, we are compatible with Huva, uh, we had a lot of response saying, oh, that's fantastic. I want to see that. And then within three weeks, one of our partners said, oh, uh, look, we have a live site with Hoover and One Step Checkout. And we looked at it, we're like, wow, it's so fast and the experience is amazing. And the agency said, yeah, it only took three weeks to build and that was amazing. So, you know, uh, it's picking up again. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that's good. Um, how about shopware? How, how do you see that fitting in now? Um, so when we did a bit of market research, we saw that it's growing. So 30% year on year. So that's what we're looking for. We don't see that type of uh, growth rates with the number of Magento 2 installations. Um, the base is quite small, but it's very favorable to us because a lot of uh, developers uh, come from Magento 1. So they know our brand, they know our product, and they know uh, what benefit we um, offer. So we don't have to recreate the wheel and say, we are one step checkout, this is what we do, this is why you should use us. You know, they know straight away and they even say, you know, uh, one are you, why don't you launch a one step checkout for shopware? So, you know, when there's demand, you're like, oh, you know, you already sold uh, licenses before you built. So. Yeah, I just uh, saw Ben Marks at at RetailX, and uh, and he was you know touting one step checkout, or not one step. He was he was touting shopware and one step <laughs> checkout, of course. Um, and uh, so I, I'm also I'm also excited about uh, about this product and how it's going to come to the U.S. and how how we can start using it from a from a merchant standpoint. Are you seeing shopware mainly in Europe still? Definitely. So even the community, I went to their community day uh, two weeks ago, and they probably you know sixty percent of the chats were in German. So lucky I picked a German at school, but uh, still very very German focused. They're trying to internationalize, and yeah, I'm sure Ben Marx will help. Uh, it's getting there, but uh, I guess uh, they need a lot more uh, pillars uh, in the US, for example. So, I. I Yesterday, I just got my shopware thank you box for attending the community day, which was full of German <laughs> food, which was very exciting. No Norwegian Kit Kat bars, which I was disappointed <laughs> about, but I did enjoy their community day and I thought it was very well put on. Um, I particularly enjoyed the baby, the, I can't remember the name of the company. They, they have baby, baby for me or something. I, it was a baby company. Baby that, one, something yeah, like that. There was one. a one. Yeah. yeah, baby one. And uh, the two siblings were presenting on their, their store. I looked up to try to tweet and they don't have a Twitter handle, which is, it's quite funny. I think that, um, that I know it's an older company, but uh, that they hadn't moved into the Twitter sphere. And uh, I wanted to tweet about them. But uh, anyways, that I enjoyed the I enjoyed that shopware day. And I really look forward to having a day where we can do it in person again. It's funny what you say about Twitter because uh, I think it's a uh, Magento bias. Before joining the Magento community, I had no interest in, in Twitter. I didn't understand how it worked. I had an account just to have one, but I only started using it because of Magento and most of my tweets today are Magento. So I think outside of that community, it's uh, not that used. Um, I think Shopware has a unconference coming up. Um, is it? Yeah, April of 2022. Are you looking forward to this event or events like that in Europe again? So is it a, a in-person event? Uh, yeah, I believe they've announced uh, like Shopware Unconf or something like that in Cologne. 
uh, which you know, which... and any in-person event, I'd be very happy to attend because I've been missing it so much, and I'm sure you have too. Absolutely, yeah. I went to um, I went to a couple of events in Texas earlier in the year, um, and it was it was fun to kind of get get to know get to see people again. Retail Retail X happened in Chicago here which is traditionally around 20,000 people. I think there was 1,500 that showed up. So, uh, you know, the people are still a little hesitant about joining some of those events, but it, it is always good to, it, there's value in seeing people in person and, and, and talking and learning more about what's happening um, and, and finding out about uh, what, what your other competitors are doing, you know, finding out about what are the newest trends in the industry? Uh, so I guess uh, speaking about that, what what do you do? How, how do you keep up with um, with what's happening nowadays in our industry? Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> LinkedIn. I see lots of stuff on LinkedIn. Actually, today I saw a post about uh, what was it? like a talk between Amadeus Payments, PayPal, Klarna. So I don't know if you know that company called Amadeus. It's like a big travel company. And I know it because it's based where I live. So it's the biggest employer in, in my area. And basically they are very big in travel. So they sell to you know Expedia and all those travel agencies. And now I see they're doing payments. So I'm like, ah, so I then, I dig and I try to understand what's uh, happening there. So yeah, on my LinkedIn, I see a lot of things in e-commerce, payment, fintech uh, happening. And yeah, I tend to read that. And then from there, I go and see, you know, other articles and find out that way. Um, but uh, yeah, I forgot to ask you, what are your thoughts about Shopware being based in the US and, you know, close to uh, US merchants? Um, I think there is definitely a need uh, for a, a something like Shopware in the U.S. There, there is, you know, I think the the trend is to go to a SaaS platform, and I think SaaS can't do everything you want, and especially as you look at checkout, you know, the checkout is such a place where people want to do what they want to do, and there are so many niches there for checkout, and you know, I think Shop, Shopify really controls your checkout and it doesn't allow you to do a lot. You know, big commerce is a little bit better. They have an SDK at least. Um, but if you really want to dig in and do something in, in your entire site, um, you need to have a, a, a open source platform that allows you to do that. And, um, you know, I think it, what we've seen is Magento has become more complicated. It is very difficult to hire people and uh, get people interested in and in even learning about Magento, unfortunately. Um, and then what we've seen again from Adobe is that they're pushing it up market, even if they decide or state that there is an SMB version or SMB uh, play for Adobe Commerce. The reality is, is that it does really work well for bigger merchants. Um, it, it, it works great for small merchants too. <laughs> Let's face it. Uh, I think that the messaging though, doesn't play well to those. And, it, it, and Adobe needs to do a better job of saying that this is still an easy platform to use and it doesn't have to be complicated. I think part of it is that um, the fact that a merchant can do anything, suddenly it becomes complicated because there's a developer who says, I can do that. And then suddenly it becomes very expensive. Uh, but to answer your, your question about Shopware, I think some of those things are made easier to do in Shopware. Um, the complexity isn't there like it is in Magento 2. So there is a need for that type of solution here for the smaller merchant, for somebody that wants to control their, their entire experience and doesn't want to have, uh, they don't want to rent their code or rent their store. Uh, they own the store and they can take it with them wherever they go. So I'm excited about it. Uh, um, we are, we are going to make a commitment to becoming a Shopware partner 
as Wagento and, uh, you know, working on trying to get some merchants in the U.S. is is a big part of that. And I would I would add on that we would work on getting merchants across all of the Americas, you know, all the way down to Argentina or even Antarctica if we could get our first shop or merchant there. Wow. And so, what would you see the main barrier to selling uh, the Shopware platform to a U.S. merchant? Um, the only barrier right now is just education. You know, I think just getting people educated around what Shopware is and how it can help them. And I think that's just up to every agency or developer and educating the client on why that's a good solution for them. Um, you know, one thing we don't want to do is take away from a merchant who's decided on Adobe. You know, we're, we're, we are committed to Magento. Uh, but, you know, the other reality is that we shouldn't be putting every merchant in every platform because somebody sells a platform. So the, the worry is that if you are a Magento-only platform or a Magento-only agency, then the only solution that you can give a merchant is Magento. And um, uh, there is other reasons why merchants need other solutions. So maybe if somebody wants to just get something launched in seven days and they, um, they, they don't want to deal with any maintenance and then they're going to take their store down in, in a year or something, maybe big commerce is a better solution for that merchant. Or maybe they are only doing, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month in the beginning or something. There's all kinds of reasons and there's all kinds of merchants and there's different, uh, there's different merchants for different platforms. And we don't want to be that, that agency that says, okay, you're, you're a merchant A, that you need to be in Magento and you're merchant B and you need to be in Magento. And we want to be, we want to be uh, ready to um, offer a solution for the merchant rather than saying, this is the solution they need. So I believe Shopware fits into that. Fantastic. Um, so we have a few minutes left. Uh, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about um, uh, what, what you're doing or, or what, what would you give some advice to a merchant right now in terms of making their store better? Um, what I like to do, and, and we do that a bit on uh, uh, the One Step Checkout blog, is to show uh, examples of uh, Magento 2 stores using our, uh, our products. And often uh, I come across, you know, lots of categories and lots of merchants who sell the same thing. Like for example, home finishing, home products. We have tons of them selling lights, selling uh, fireplaces and home decor. And I guess it's interesting to look at your competitors to see at other people who are selling the same thing in other markets and get inspirations from, you know, what they do well, what do you think you could, uh, you know, leverage, test, uh, and, you know, see, see what could be working for you. I think that's always uh, quite interesting to, to look at others and even outside of your categories. That's uh, even better innovation. Yeah, and I would love to um, put the, the link up for the store that's running Hoofa and One Step Checkout. So we'll, we'll make sure that gets onto our show notes after, after, the, um, after we record this. Um, all right. So um, as we finish our, our, our conversation today, I always give people a chance to do a shameless plug about anything they'd like to plug. So uh, do you have anything today that you would like to yeah. promote? So yeah, you, uh, we, we didn't spend time on my passions. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. So uh, yeah, some people might have seen it. Uh, I've, uh, I'm, um, I'm a drummer in a band, in a rock band, and I'm playing uh, 90s songs. And that's something that uh, I've been super excited about uh, for the last two years. Uh, the first year we had COVID, so I couldn't play much. But last year I was able to put together a mini concert in a bar. And that was so exciting. That was my teenage dream. So, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, so I'd like you to, I invite you to have a look at uh, our YouTube channel. Uh, my rock band is called South Attitude. 
And so if you Google South Attitude in YouTube, you might find some Bollywood stars or whatever, but try South Attitude Rock. And then you might see, oh, I can give you the link. That would be easier. And yeah, we had a couple of uh, cool songs and uh, <laughs> I'm quite excited about this. We only have, you know, 50 viewers. So if uh, I can get a couple of hundreds more, that would be You'll very, soon have 51. Uh, You'll soon have <laughs> <Thanks>. 51. <laughs> and your um, wife and your, and your daughter. Yes, of course. And my son. Um, and your dog. Uh, yeah, <laughs> two dogs. Um, <laughs> I, I know that a couple of you, well, I don't know when, one of, one of the imagines, the one, one of them when there was at the M, Ben Marks and a number of other people in the Magento community did a rock band at Imagine, which was very fun. My, you know, we, my family is musical. My daughter is a singer and my son is a guitarist and um, my wife was in the choir at church and I play the piano. So uh, we are very we're, we're we're always perfect uh, always interested in musical uh musical stuff so that's that's great uh, i'll 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 make sure we get that link put on the show notes as well uh, and I, I love that that's a passion i noticed there's a lot of developers that are piano players mm. there must be some connection between the math yeah the math and inside of inside of being a pianist and and the math and being and being a developer or something like that i have no idea just the keyboard i think <laughs> maybe yeah yeah um i i was trained as a classical pianist um and i left the piano when i was 16 because my i wanted to play jazz and my teacher said no you have to play exactly what's on the music and i said okay i'm not going to do the recital and that was it <laughs> and later in life for me. Yeah, later I did learn how to um, sort of mimic mimic guitar on the piano, and so I just started playing um, with just the the keys and whatever. It was fun, anyways. So I've enjoyed the experience of growing and learning, uh, and just like we grow and learn in our e-commerce community, I think it's always good to grow and learn in something other than what you're doing for a job. So I applaud you at, at being a, a musician in a rock band. That's fantastic. Uh, so we look forward to seeing you at um, T-Mobile Arena as part yeah. of a rock band for the Adobe Summit in 2022. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> I'm practicing sick already. Um, so tell us, uh, as we close things out, your role at one step checkout you're the what is your your official title there um cmo so basically i'm a, i do sales uh, marketing lots of partnerships uh, i do main things uh, except for coding to be honest yep same here i do many things except <laughs> for coding i have done coding but i i everybody prefers that i don't do it so <laughs> Well, Tianlan, I really appreciate you being here today. Tianlan is the CMO for One Step Checkout, and uh, it is the leading checkout provider for Magento and now Shopware. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. Bye. The Talk Commerce podcast is sponsored by Swift Daughter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Daughter. Swift Daughter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. Cloud is a new normal for companies of any size buying, maintaining, upgrading, and disposing of machines is expensive and complicated. Amazon Web Services, managed by eWay Corp, offers an easy-to-use, flexible, cost-effective solution to all your infrastructure needs. 
eWayCorp can provide a secure, reliable, scalable, high-performance network that will make your office hum, not literally. eWayCorp has saved its customers an average of 31% on their IT costs while adding 62% to the bottom line efficiency. To top that, their customers have seen 43% fewer security incidents. Go to eWayCorp.com to learn how you can start saving money and headaches by moving to the cloud. That's E-W-A-Y-C-O-R-P dot com. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce, new shows out every week.